Welcome to The Real Zodiac, a film retrospective podcast dedicated to reminding or introducing you to some of the most iconic films of all time, stirring up memories of ones you forgot or wish you could forget, and every film in between. Your hosts will be your tour guides and sometimes companions along this journey down the rabbit hole. Be warned, though, there will be blood, guts, more than a few bullet casings, love, despair, tears of joy, and cries of agony. Some from the hosts themselves, because some of these movies will make them wonder why did they choose these movies. Good luck, oh, and of course, enjoy the ride. What's going on with you? What's new? Not much. I hate the idea of you down there by yourself all the time. Just drinking. I'm fine. I appreciate it. But it's... I'm fine. Ever since I heard the howling wind I suppose you're wondering why I called you over here. I didn't need to go where a Bible went. Our basketball coach had a heart attack the other night. They need a new coach, Jack. And you know your gifts seem heaven sent. Is the team any good? No. The last time they made the playoffs, back when you were playing. Let's go, line up. You're Marcus, right? That's right. How many threes did Marcus make last year? A percentage of 26. Yeah. Want to know why they're leaving you open? It's because they don't think you could hit the ocean from the beach. Oh. <laughs> Yo, he just spit backs at your ass, bro. <laughs> I don't know how you house the sin. So how you liking coaching so far? Great. Right. Just getting used to the players. What players? I was never sure how much of you I could let in. I heard you're coaching basketball. Yeah. Keeps me busy. Keeps my mind off other things, you know. Once you settle down, baby, you love is been. I spent a lot of time hurting myself. Heavenly Father. I made a lot of bad decisions. Don't carry other names. I had a lot of regrets. Hands on the line, I want you taking that shot. Why is that so hard for you to believe? What? That you're the best player on the team. I know you're suffering. I just want you to be happy again, but you gotta want it too. Keep pressing, trapping, taking charges. You guys earned this tonight. Hey guys, and welcome to The Real Zodiac. We are back. We are in our sports edition still. Um, we are going to be diving into a film that is pretty recent. It's called The Way Back with Ben Affleck. And yes, um, my co-host, Amanda, is not going to be joining us tonight. So it'll just be me tonight. But because I like the format of keeping more than two guests, um, we do have two guests today who come all the way from their own podcast called Knuckle Deep. I want to welcome back. They they were here and they helped us on our drama for the help. Um, I'm going to bring on Brayden. What? We did help. Sorry. That's that right. That's a really bad joke. Um, yeah, it was. No, it's fine. <laughs> What's up? Uh, I'm Brayden, Quentin's uh, favorite brother. And... Um, yeah, me and my buddy August, which you're here for in a second, uh, we, we have podcast Knuckle Deep, uh, where we just talk about whatever we want, and if you like to laugh, then you would like to listen. Yeah, and uh, go ahead and pass the mic to August so that people can get, get familiar with his voice. Mm, uh, I'm August, I'm Braden's better half, um, and we, as Braden said, we have a podcast we have a podcast called Knuckle Deep where uh, I comedically carry the entire show and Brayden sits there and laughs at all my awesome jokes. That's not at all true. but um, Extremely debatable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you guys should check out our podcast, and I wanted to thank you, Quentin, for having us back on. Yeah, I'm really glad to have you guys back on for this special episode of The Way Back. Like I said, so we are going to be talking about this film um, that – 
I feel like doesn't get a lot of recognition because when it was uh, being theatrically released, it was on March 6th of 2020, but the COVID-19 pandemic caused a lot of movie theaters across the globe to close, so they made this available to own digitally on March 24th, 2020. So, because of that, um, it did receive a lot of positive reviews, which is good. And, of course, Ben Affleck, I think he did a great job, but ultimately the film did suffer at the box office due to COVID-19, as it was only in theaters for two weeks. So, um, this was actually kind of thrown on my radar by uh, Brayden. So, Brayden, if you could, where did you kind of come across this film and why did you want to discuss it today? Well, uh, I was on HBO Max uh, pretty much, I guess, as soon as I think the day it was released on HBO Max, I was just looking for a movie to watch. And I was thinking about going on a Ben Affleck uh, frenzy, I guess. Um, I was going to watch, like, Fargo and, like, all of his movies. You mean Argo? Argo. <laughs> Fargo is a different film, which is good. They're both they're, Argo and Fargo are really good, but yeah, I just wanted to make sure as, people know. As example, right. I was going to watch a bunch of Ben Affleck movies, so I started with this one. Because um, I, I kind of hated Ben Affleck before I saw him as Batman. I didn't have a reason. Um, but I love him now. I mean, and I just, I just wanted to watch this movie because... I just wanted to try out a basketball movie because I, and I did, and I enjoyed it, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, I um obviously don't want to give my thoughts too close to uh, the beginning of our show, but I'm really glad that you brought this film up to me. Um, August, did, was this your first time seeing it for this show, or have you seen it previous? Uh, yeah, that this has been my first time watching the movie, and uh, it's pretty sad. But, uh, you know, we'll get to that. Right. <laughs> um, so the film was directed by Gavin O'Connor, written by Brad Inglesby, and starring Ben Affleck, like we said, Al Madrigal, Michaela Watkins, and uh, Janina Gavonker. Or I probably butchered that name. Um, they, I, I haven't really seen anything with Gavin O'Connor. I don't really know any of his other stuff. Um, but... I don't know. It he he did. Oh, he did the Miracle Worker. He did the Accountant and the and of course the one we're talking today, the Way Back. Um, the Accountant was really something. Last time I saw it, it was it's definitely been a while. But yeah, I uh, I I haven't seen anything else other than the Accountant and this film that we're talking about today. Um, but real simple, straight. Yes. Straight to the point. I like that. I like that. Lots of it does. <laughs> so basically, it follows an alcoholic construction worker who's recruited to become head coach of a basketball team at the high school he used to attend. Um, and I'm going to say right now, when I think of basketball, Ben Affleck does not come to mind. What do you guys think? He's probably one of the last guys I would ever think about. Uh, but, I mean, whatever. It works out. I mean, he's, I knew this because I'm for some reason super obsessed with like heights of people, but he's 6'4", like he's super tall, so I mean, it kind of makes sense, like I wasn't surprised, but I also, yeah, I wouldn't think of him as a basketball player. Interesting. Yeah, but I mean, like he put, I mean, I feel like from what I've seen, I mean, obviously Ben Affleck, we all know. Um, very popular because of Batman, but also Gone Girl, which is a great film. Also, he's a big director. Um, but from Gone Girl to this, he definitely put on some weight, which, you know, I think maybe he did for this role. Um, but he just, he's just a very stocky guy. I mean, he looks more like a football player for sure. Just, just seeing him. And like, definitely the, the, the later shots are like the last shots of the film. I don't think that's Ben Affleck playing basketball. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, when he, when he sank that first shot, I was like, "Yep, that's definitely a stunt double." Yeah. <laughs> well, see, the thing I hate about that scene is you're like, "Oh, finally, we get to see him play basketball," and then the credits roll. So, yeah. He also misses the second shot. I saw that too. And he hasn't played since high school. What do you expect? 
I know, man. Come on. You got to cut him a break. Sorry, guys. Sorry, everyone. So this film deals a lot with drama more than I thought. Um, I think it's interesting that we're talking about this because it is part of our sports. Um, but, man, doesn't it feel like the basketball element of this film is just very, like, not as important as, like, his struggle through the film, which, I mean, that's fine. I, I'm cool with a film focusing more on the actual drama and everything rather than is, you know, is it going to make the final, you know, buzzer? But, like, they did a good job of making this whole film. I mean, this whole film is about Ben Affleck's uh, character, Jack Cunningham and his struggle with becoming who he is because of the past that he's been given and, you know, the separation with his wife. Um, I was just really surprised that this didn't have as much basketball. I mean, think about it. The first game we see, we just see the score, which I thought was done so well. Well, so the first time I watched it, I was like, all right, this is a basketball movie. I'm going to force myself to watch this. Um, and then I realized, I guess I was just so caught up in the movie. I just forgot that I was watching a basketball movie because it's, I mean, I think it's nice because I think it's directed in a way where, you know, there's not a single scene of basketball that you're like, Oh my God, can we, can we do something besides watch this team practice? You know? And I feel like other sports movies, you're just, you're like, I get it. I've seen enough locker room speeches Maybe let's have some actual dialogue, but uh, I feel like it was used in just the right way. Like, I didn't think it was overused, maybe a little underused, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, I guess, the ratio. I uh, I agree, I guess, but I like playing and watching basketball, so, you know, I could have used a little more basketball. I went into it thinking, like, especially, you know, you watch the whole team build up and then you don't get to see him in the playoffs or anything like that. It, it just, it, I liked it. You know, there was basketball, which made me happy, but I think there could have been more basketball. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's interesting to look at it that way because, um, you know, I guess for Braden and I, you know, we're not that, eccentric in sports anyway so i totally can see like the drawback of it not having enough sports i feel like um as i said it was more you know put in the background for his story which was really interesting because this film does you know what a narrative usually does uh for for many films where it has you know, the character starting out, he's reluctant to do what he's supposed to do for the film. And then he decides to do it. And then he has, he like builds it up onto a mountain and he's doing great. Then obviously you have to have the falling action, but fuck does he fall and fall and fall. I I, that's what I, I, it's just, you you watch the movie and you're rooting for this guy. I mean, obviously, yeah, you're expecting him to screw it up because it's a movie. But um, I don't know. It's just I've never felt so in, like invested in a character. I don't because I just I just I just feel like the scenes that we saw actually made you feel like you know you understand how miserable this guy is. You know, you know, you know what he's been through. Um, and you mentioned uh, like when he was fighting. Like he gets approached to be the basketball coach and he goes home and drinks a whole top shelf fridge of beer, the whole shelf, which I don't even know how many beers that is. And he just progresses and he's getting drunker and drunker and he's talking to himself in the mirror, talking on the phone, acting about how he's going to respond to the, um, the question if he's going to coach this team. And I, I think that's my, one of my favorite scenes because it's showing you like, oh, this guy has absolutely nothing in control in his life, but he's going to do it. I uh, I think to some this the way I felt about this movie in like one statement is I'm not mad. I'm really just disappointed. Just to watch him keep ruining everything that he's everything that he's got 
and he like just to watch him keep going back to alcohol and to do all these things. It's just I'm not mad, man. I'm just disappointed in you, Ben. Yeah. Let's talk about Jack for a second here, because obviously he's our main character. Um, so we learn throughout the film, which I will give the film this. I think the way that they paced this, uh, this movie was really, really well done. Um, because you're seeing, you're seeing like the brick wall of Jack and then you just, you're chipping at it the entire film. And I think what really got me was when he and his, you know, his, uh, wife who he separated with, they go to dinner or they go to breakfast and they're talking. This is her introduction. Um, by the way, the actress who plays Angela was phenomenal. Like for somebody, I don't even, I don't know who she is. She's just kind of, I mean, for this movie, I didn't recognize too many faces, but yeah, it was just Ben for me. I loved the, I thought the acting was great all around, even though, I mean, I know people just not famous people are people who aren't famous can also act, but I thought it was a good casting because, you know, I don't know. Angela's great. Yeah, no, I agree. And just like her, I, I like that in each scene is just another, um, another evolution of his character. But um, the thing that really got me was the birthday party and why it was so important for them to go to this birthday party. And I'm just sitting there like, why are they, why is everybody so worried about, you know, Jack, you know, in this whole film, they just want to make sure he's doing what he's supposed to be doing and not drinking too much because you, you know, we're seeing at the beginning. Yeah. He grabs a beer. Totally didn't. I don't, I've never seen a beer can like that. And I don't know if it's just because they don't want to like pay for an actual beer company, but like, I thought it was soda until he started to get. Yeah. 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 Soda. There's a lot of sugar in there. Like a sugar crust. But, like, it was interesting to see how much of an alcoholic he really was. Um, interesting, yes. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it was because you're just like, holy shit. Because I mean, you, yeah. you know you know how some alcoholics, they, they, they have a drink in their hand at all times. Well, this guy's drinking on the job. He goes off of work, and he goes straight to the bar. He goes from the bar to his house where he drinks. And so it's just... I mean, one, God bless his liver, but, um, <laughs> his, uh, yeah, yeah. And his bed sheets, man. Yeah. Uh-uh. And just real quick, um, side note, the, I just like the constant, um, like his sister in the movie, uh, is always just trying to be his mom. And I, like when she talks about his, uh, shower curtain, in one of the scenes, she goes, you can think about James had a shower curtain? No. She's like, yeah. it stinks. How long do you have to have a shower curtain for it to stink? I Yeah, I was curious because, you know, he always has a shower beer, too. So that was something else I was looking at. Um, I think they played off of the, like, his weaning of the alcohol really well because, you know, they don't make it a focus. You don't see him... Like, have the beer in his hand, he opens it, he's about to drink it, and he's like, no, you know, he just, you just don't see it until, like, you know, he reverts back to his old ways, but, I mean, I I just think that Jack is such an interesting character just in that that retrospect. Uh, What about you, August? Is there anything that, like, kind of stood out to you? I mean, it it was interesting to watch... (laughs) I mean, you talked about his character evolution, but I really would call it character devolution, to be honest. Just the way I the way I understood the movie, you know, it's like there's like twenty or thirty minutes where he's given up alcohol, it seems, and then you know the thing happens with their friend's kid, um, where the kid dies or gets uh, diagnosed, and uh, just to watch it go all downhill again, I don't know. That's that's kind of my my qualm with movies like this one is I I just like happy movies mm-hmm. <laughs> and this and this movie had a realistic good end but I don't know but the 
to watch him, I I do agree that uh, this the fact that they didn't just make a big scene about him giving up alcohol was good. He just like kind of pulled into the bar, sat there for a second, and then the guy was like, "I'll set you up inside," and then he just left. Yeah. Which like in that moment you're like Jack, 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 and then like 15 minutes later you're like Jack, Jack. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's – I like that you said the de-evolution of, of Jack um, because, I mean, yes, it's, it's true. I mean, he goes into remission, basically, and let's talk about that. So Jack's son, Jack and Angela's son died um, from cancer. That's that's what we presume because he does mention tumors in the spine and the brain and everything. So we have this turmoil inside him, and this might be, you know, part of the reason why he decides to coach basketball is because he's never going to have that moment for his son. And I know that he had a falling out with his father about him playing basketball and everything because he had a full ride scholarship and everything, but he will never be able to see his son play sports or really do anything. And so I think he might be projecting. Oh. Yeah. Well, that fun fact is what death does. He is um, dead and he can't yeah. do anything now, but like, I think he's, he's kind of trying to um, substitute that by coaching and honestly, I don't know if that's his angle because we don't really get the angle of why he wants to do it. He just does it. It's just like he's just he, like he's drinking the night before, and all we get from that is that he's absolutely not doing this. Mm-hmm. He just can't come up with a reason, an excuse. Um, but maybe that's why, because every excuse he had during that scene, it's invalid it's completely yeah it's stupid so i think maybe that's the purpose of that scene maybe it's because you know after all of that brainstorming he realized yeah i i have no reason not to right it just makes me wonder why um like i i would have loved to have seen a connection where he looks at one of these kids like a son and i mean you could kind of maybe see that with brandon um, the one that he, you know, takes him home and is the actual good player and makes him team captain and everything. Um, but like, you kind of get it in a sense of like, I want to help you, not, I want to take you under my wing. I just want to progress you as a player. And maybe those are the same thing, but I look at, I look at those things as two different things. Like he, he's, Connecting to this kid more because of the happenstance of like running into him whenever he uh, is is driving home, but he doesn't really have a, uh, another connection with the with another player like that, and that's fine. But then I would love to have that son connection, I guess, and maybe that's just me wanting it, you know, projecting what I want on this film. But I just feel like it was a missed opportunity for them to do that. I agree. I mean, I I agree that the only thing in the movie that could be considered a like father son relationship is Jack and Brandon, but also at the same time, I think it's uh it's Jack vicariously living through Brandon, if that's the right word or way to say it, like because he sees Brandon as some as the thing that he couldn't be. Well, not the thing he couldn't be, but the thing he chose not to be. Mm-hmm. Because of his dad, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, I also would want that father son relationship, you know, uh, like dynamic in the movie. But I also, I also think that the vicarious living of a professional basketball player's life that Jack has through Brandon is a nice substitute. Um, me personally, I kind of disagree. Uh, I don't. I didn't feel like I needed that, and I do feel like I we had enough of it. I, I, just, I guess I wasn't looking for that in this movie, because I, right. I do feel like in the, in the beginning, I mean, this is obviously before, but going back and 
watching the movie knowing, like, I knew that his son died. I knew that, you know, he got divorced and that it was less than a year ago or a little over a year. You know, I knew these things going in before you before they revealed. So I, I think um, when you get to see him with his nephew throughout the movie, I think that is something because they have a special connection. You don't see that with the niece. You don't see that uh, with her. And I think maybe that is also like just, you know, the writing giving us a little bit more of that. Uh, and then obviously it's, you know, Brandon and Jack have a relationship. But I don't know. I feel I feel like I didn't need that. But you I ready for me to play devil's advocate on myself, though? What if it's because he couldn't um, accept that his son was gone? I mean, yeah, he he obviously sees that his son is gone, but, like, you've seen the way that he processes it. He drinks, and so he escapes from that reality, which I think is really, you know, it's it's sad. But as soon as, like, the problems uh, and, like, the memories and such of his son come back, he regresses again, you know, and back into the drinking and all that. Um, and so, and, I mean, it sucks because it was, like, on the height of their, of the basketball career for them. And it's just ill-timing and everything. But, like, part of the reason why maybe he couldn't see Brandon as, you know, like a philosophical son or whatever the hell you want to say there is because he couldn't get over his son's death. So that's something else that could be a reason why he didn't look at him any other way as maybe um, himself instead, like you were saying, which I think is really good. Yeah, I I actually agree with that. But I, I kind of want to build off it because, like you said, he he regressed and, you know, fell back into alcoholism once there. The family friend's uh, child gets diagnosed with you know, terminal cancer. But before that, that's when he starts taking Brandon home and kind of not taking him under his wing, but, you know, talking to him like a father figure, which makes me think that, you know, he stops drinking. He realizes he can have a relationship with his, uh, with his kid on the basketball team is really good, who reminds him of himself. But then, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, Brandon was a distraction almost or not necessarily Brandon as a character but like the whole team was was like watching them kid the kids grow up and, yeah. but then he got reminded of course of mortality and of his son through the diagnosis of the other kid prognosis okay nursing major not <laughs> I know, I, I totally get what you're saying. What, what did you want to add, Braden? Uh, I, don't, I don't think I have anything. Nothing? Okay. Well, yeah, so I let's talk about the basketball aspect because we haven't really talked about the other characters. So we get introduced to um, we get introduced to the basketball team, and, you know, this is – where Jack also meets the assistant coach, who I think is also one of my favorite characters. I think his name is Dan, right? Yeah. He's he he was a good addition, and I think he played a really uh, intricate role in the way that um, uh, Jack needs to see these players. And you know, he starts out by saying, uh, he starts out by saying, you know, like I'm a math teacher. So like I'm 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 not that good at this, but I I'm here to help and I'm analytical, and so that's what he brings to the table, you know. And then you start going over the the percentages of uh, three pointers and stuff, and I thought that was really good because they made this team really realistic, like they acted like high schoolers would, you know. And I think it's interesting because they don't really discuss like any of the racial problems, I guess, or like, you know, the high poverty or low income. Like, there's none of that. This is just a high school. These are just basketball players. This is how they act, no matter uh, if they're rich or poor. You know what I mean? And I like that aspect. It's not the focus. You're you're not worried about that aspect. You're looking at it from, we're bringing a basketball element into this, and you're getting the team, you're getting how they are, and that's it, and we're going to go from there. We don't get the other problems of the players other than we got a loud mouth 
and we have a kid who won't talk. And a hothead and, you know, a flashy guy. Right. And then you also got to have the chubby kid that dances. That's Yeah. And his what name is what? Chubbs. What's Chubbs, yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> original. No. Um, I think I think what they did there was Ronald. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah, what did you guys think of the team? Um, was it believable that they came from zero talent to winning the – like, well, we don't really know if they won it, which I also really enjoyed that they didn't give us the satisfaction of knowing if they won their championship. But, like, they go from zero to 100 – was it believable? Let me know what you guys think. No. Mm. Not even a little bit. Like, not even close. Like, the people they're playing and the, the the memorial team they're playing, they get destroyed because every single player is, on average, three feet shorter than every other player. So, I mean, that alone, if you understand basketball, you have to be tall. You have to have a tall team to do good. The taller guy gets the ball. The guy who can right. jump higher gets the ball. That's just how it works. And, yeah, he motivated, but I don't think so. But it's cool to make us happy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I absolutely disagree. I um, I I can see why the how fast they progressed is a little, you know, it's a little much. Yeah. But also at the same time, the, they, you, don't, you, don't, you don't get dates, you know. We're not given any dates, and it's not like they go from, you know, getting beat by 30 points to then winning by 100. Every time, once they start winning, they only ever win by maximum five points. It's Mm -hmm. not like they got, you know, insanely good. And even the Memorial team, they only beat by one point with 12 seconds left. Right. And uh, so, I mean... I, I did like the aspect, and uh, I wanted to a little bit build off what you said. I uh, I was sad and almost irritated that we didn't get to see them play in the playoffs, but I also made me realize that winning was just them getting to the playoffs. Like, no, the fact that they got to the playoffs means that they won the championship because no one on that team ever expected to get halfway there. I think the word playoffs was used more than basketball in this movie. Mm-hmm. What What was the kid's name? The the annoying kid, like the one who just had an attitude the whole time and got kicked off for a little bit. What what was his name? Josh. I thought it was Josh. I thought it was like CJ or something. I'm not nope, sure. Nope, it's Marcus. It's Marcus. I, Marcus. I just looked it up. Um, not Joshua at all. I wanted to say with Marcus, um. It was the one scene where they are all like they're they're all going out there. They're saying, "All right, three, two, one, team, one, two, three, team," um, and then like Marcus gets to turn around and just revel in what they've done. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And that that is awesome. You don't need any words. He doesn't say like, "We made it," you know, or like, "Wow," you know. It's just Look at us, guys. yeah. It's just it's 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 great. That's how you do it. Those little moments. They had a lot of those little moments in that in this film, which I think gave it a lot of heart. This film has a lot of heart. And I think they did a good job of just like really, really making sure that's known. I completely agree. Yeah, for sure. Um go ahead. Um I think <laughs> I think there's an argument can be made that we saw more character development in Marcus than we did Jack Cunningham. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> from him being such a dick on the team and being so rude to everyone and thinking he's the best just because he's the tallest, to him getting kicked off the team, and then for him to create a lie when he come, when he finds where uh, Jack lives and was like, my mom told me I had to. But then, you know, the, obviously Jack tells him no, but then he stands there, he knocks on the door again, and he's like, I lied. I have to be playing basketball. It's the only thing I enjoy. Like, that's all I want to do. And then he gets let back on the team, and then sure enough, he becomes an integral part of the team. Mm-hmm. I just really like the character arc of Marcus. And I also think by far the funniest scene was when, uh, I think they called him Slim or whatever, the guy who was really good at shooting threes who always had the headband on. 
Yeah, is when he's making him run up and down the court with the three girls that he was with throughout the movie. Yeah, that was a good little yeah insert that they had. Yeah, just laugh at all. Um, they gave they gave these characters, and there's one thing that uh, I don't know. I know that you guys aren't watching the show. Um, and this is mostly to my buddy Paul. I know you're listening. Uh, Paul Hart got me hooked on this show called Ted Lasso, and great great show, great show. But the one thing that I that I don't like in the show, and that is this is very minuscule, is they have so many different players, but they focus on like five, you know, and that's it. Like, give us some more. And I'm only and I'm only saying that after watching all of season one and one episode of season two, so I might be you know biting my tongue, but I just I want I love when they give a lot of players screen time because they're not just extras, you know, that like to the point where you don't even know who they are, you know, and they kind of did a good job with this. Still, they had some players I still didn't know. And I get it. You don't want to get the, the, the movie too cluttered with, you know, characters and story arcs and everything, but I don't know. It's it's just me. I, I, I want to make sure that everybody, <laughs> everybody gets a fair chance, you know, on screen. So, that's beside the point, but that was that's my only other little complaint that I have towards just who we meet and who we see. Because I mean, Chubbs, I mean, he starts the whole dance circle and everything, which is cool. But other than that, he doesn't do really do anything else. That's like his only character is is dancing. Well, he, he reacts one time. When yeah, like, that's it. Are you for real? <laughs> so you know he's sassy. All right, sit down, Chubbs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, like get. It. <laughs> Well, I, I do have also just like one tiny thing, and it's this. It made me just shake my head a little bit because I don't think I noticed it the first time. I just, I just hate bad writing. I hate when, and there's just one line in this movie, and it's when uh, the lead guy on the memorial team is coming out, <clears throat> and he's in this like team meeting right before they go out on court. He's like, "Man, these scrubs don't even belong on the court with us." I'm sorry, is this 1981? <laughs> no one says scrubs unless you're talking about what a nurse is wear. Right. And, like, Come on, TLC. All the other writing was good for, like, the teenagers. That's just the only line that sounds nothing like a teenager that was born in this century. And that's, yeah. that's all I have. <laughs> yeah, August, anything you want to add to that? <laughs> I mean, I agree, I guess. You know, just to watch... <laughs> I agree. That's all I have to add, really, is that <laughs> yeah. that is a good point. Good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I don't know. Is there is there anything else you guys, like, I, let's talk about his decline. Like, we're talking rock bottom to the rock bottom, okay? So, he gets the win, and then, you know, all this shit happens with his friend's kid, and he's trying to cope with it in some way. And, like, it, it all starts with how he talks to his, you know, his wife and saying, you know, you're fucking other guys, you know. And, you know, he doesn't. Like yeah. I don't. I And he apologizes and she just walks off. Okay. That's it. That's the decline. And you're like, okay, nothing good could happen now. I um I agree, but it's not I don't I guess it never was really made super obvious. But I think I thought what was implied was that she was having sex with this guy while they were still married. Yeah, well that's the thing. I mean, I'm not too I I don't know, I guess basically like when you're separated, you're just not together. But are you still married? I'm thinking that they're still married, and I think that that's the only thing that would keep – that's the only thing that would maybe hold on to the romance they had. And I think that's why Jack is the way he is, because he's still married to this woman. Well, the other thing is I think it's because Jack's not moving on from anything. He hasn't moved on since his son died or anything. Yeah. Well, I, um, I don't know if it's divorce. It's not divorce. It's like a separation. No, it, it they had they said in the movie that they were divorced, and they also said in the movie that you were fucking guys while we were still married. 
Oh, really? I think. That's, that was I said? Think he said that, I think he said that in the car when... Well, they did mention divorce, and they also he also does say, like, while we were married, that she was having sex with guys. Ethan, go back to tape. I think, it, <laughs> I think it was when they were in the car outside of her apartment or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that he's, you know, he's in the wrong per se, but, like, the dude hasn't moved on, you know? I mean, obviously, he's he's not with her anymore. I mean, that's that's apparent. We can all agree on that. They're not together. He is very much alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we're laughing at that. That's great. Laughing at despair. Um, but, I mean, he goes from that to going to the bar, drinking and drinking and drinking. He meets with a girl, crashes his car into a boat. <laughs> Man, they're going to be mad in the morning when they realize I sunk their boat. Yeah. And then, you know, goes into, you know, like, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, breaks, breaking turmoil. and entering. Well, breaking and entering yeah. into a house, taking their beer, peeing in the toilet, you know? That whole scene, like, it's just so obvious. You know what's going on. And it's 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 finally like you're gratified with like okay there's no way this is the right house when you see the light switch go on in the background while he's pissing yeah and he, and you just see this guy don't you go you know that was just awesome that was i loved that scene you loved it i thought it was fucking heartbreaking because he's like hold on you know and then he he's fucking like, falls I'm, down well yeah he's just he's so drunk that he he thinks it's a, you know he's not taking it seriously so He's right. just like, oh, sorry, I'll just head on out. And this guy's like balls to the wall. He's got the crazy eyes and everything in a bat. Yeah. That's... But this this scene that, you know, Braden apparently loves, you know, is ecstatic about, um, which I think is, you know, it was, it was pretty, it sucked for him. But it turned to a good thing because he finally got the help he needed. Yeah, for sure. And it's something he should have done a long time ago. And, you know, there's a stigma and it's still out there, even though I think it's becoming more and more, you know, widely known as, you know, being a good thing. But there's still this stigma of therapy and uh, being in Alcohol Anonymous and being in, you know, rehab or whatever is a horrible thing. I mean, it's just to get better. You know, that's why it's there. Obviously, you did something to to get there, but you're already putting in the steps and making the steps towards a better person uh, by admitting yourself and whatever you need to do. And I think it was really nice that we didn't. I mean, obviously, we are not seeing the whole picture, but there it just it just doesn't seem like there's any reluctance. Like he realizes this is where I need to go. Also, yeah, and they I think they showed that. When um, his his uh, sister's family comes to visit him there, mm-hmm. and he, God, he so good, out, and he walks them out. No one's, you know, most places there's going to be people in white scrubs that are maintaining your like syringes, you know, <laughs> yeah. rubber gloves. Come, come back there, yeah. yeah. But you know, he's just out there, and then he just walks back. And I think, for me, I don't think. That was the purpose. But for me, I was like, yeah, he wants to be there. I know. Yeah, there's no reluctance. And I think that's really good. Um, August, you anything you want to add? But uh, no, um, it, it would have been pretty funny, though, if they like he's hugging his nephew and it pans out and he has like tethered to the building like a dog collar. <laughs> like he can't he can't. He's got an electric. Collar he's got to be within six feet of the building at all times. <laughs> or, yeah, he's right. got a, an electric fence or something. All right, well, let's switch gears because I, I definitely I want to talk about the scene with his wife or his ex-wife, whatever you want to call her, with Angela. That was – I mean, you, you were saying your favorite scenes there, Braden. This was my all-time favorite scene was seeing him talk to Angela about how sorry he – oh, my God, dude, just thinking about it. I'm I'm going to get choked up because, like, I loved – what he said is he failed his son by not taking care of 
of his mom. And you're sitting there crying with Ben Affleck, you know, which is a glorious thing, by the way. Um, but you're crying with, yeah, with Jack and Angela as this is going on. Like, I'm sorry. I'm a softie. Were you not fucking crying? First time I watched this, I was, I was crying. August doesn't have a soul. Right. I didn't cry. I'm not going to lie. I didn't cry. Yeah. I have this thing. Actually, I watched this movie with my mom last night and I had this thing the whole time. I was like, this sucks because I can't cry and my throat hurts the whole movie. <laughs> Cause you know how you get like the bubble in your throat oh, yeah. before you start crying? That's the whole movie. I was like, this sucks. My throat hurts. Why can't I cry? Well, yeah, you might I got something not, wrong with you internally. I did not have that problem at first. Yeah, no, I, no I, bubbly I throat. It, I watched it with uh, my roommate, and we, I, <laughs> he just, it's that, that scene's happening. I'm just bawling, and he looks down from the bunk bed. He's like, "You're all right." I'm like, "Fine, fine." <laughs> Give me a hug. Really invested. Really invested. <laughs> I want this to work out. All right. Yeah, I watched this this morning, and I'm like, well, this was a great way to start my fucking day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but uh, that scene, that scene to me was, was really powerful. And, I mean, I'm, I know I'm kind of left for words here, but, like, you just know a movie has impacted you if, like, you're sitting there and you're like, this is just pure cinema. Like, this is what movies should do. They should move you. And August, I totally get like, you know, you want a happy ending. And I think that this was the semi as happy ending as you're going to get is the acceptance of I fucked up and I fucked up our marriage. Like he, is taking a lot of blame that he finally, you know, is doing and everything. And like, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a really powerful scene. I, I, I'm a sucker for those kind of scenes. Like I'm a sucker for, for just the, the character development and that evolution. Like we're going back, uh, that evolution that was there is just, it was pristine. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I, I agree. There's, it just makes you i think i think the movie ended perfectly because you know you're not disappointed by if this team loses cuz you don't care about it anymore at this point um <laughs> you aren't worried about anything because you know jack is sorry jack yeah. still has you know jack wants to be there i feel like it's it's realistic because that's I feel like that's really as good as it could have got. If it would have been any better, then you know, I don't. Maybe that would have taken away from all of the. It has become fantasy, yeah. <laughs> not I real life. Like it. <laughs> like it. Oh, but yeah, and then obviously we end with the the great scene of uh, hearing the announcer as uh, the game's going on, and he's not even watching it which I thought was a really interesting turn as well. He's just outside and he's playing. Like, I don't think he's done with them at all. And, you know, they say this is for coach. You know, this is for, for our coach. I think that was great, but I liked the choice of him playing basketball, picking up the basketball and fighting those fears that he has to the end. Yeah, I mean, it was a great scene at the end when Michael Jordan, I mean, uh, Ben, or Jackie, comes out and sinks a three his first time picking up a basketball in, you know, 30 years or whatever. But um, I, I'm obviously shitting on the movie a little bit for laughs, but it is a really powerful scene. And the overlay of, like, the announcer who's like, I'm sure these boys would, like, love to have their coach here. And uh, they're they're doing it for their coach and like they said also when they walked in that they're doing it for coaches it was a powerful coach i mean scene <laughs> coach scene yeah well um but yeah so that's basically our <laughs> review of the way back um oh, sorry oh, wait let me oh, stop you there yeah we did not talk about the team Father, I don't know what he's called. The team 
the team oh, priest. priest. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that, you know, yeah, he was that scene on the bus after after they just got demolished, right? I think yeah. where you get the best pump up speech ever and then end up losing the game. They're riding home on the bus. That is the funniest part of the movie, easily. It's yeah. just like you really think the guy up there you know, the guy up there really gives a shit what I say to these kids and this is the first time you hear the priest he goes say anything off he goes, Yeah, I really do think he gives a shit. You're like, yeah, all right, Jack can negatively affect everyone around him. We found that out. Uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a great scene for sure. Is there anything else? I mean, I I would hate to I would hate to be interrupted again. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But yeah, so that's our review on The Way Back um, with, like I said, the wonderful Ben Affleck. It's time to rate this thing. So I'm going to give the floor to August to let him kind of rate this movie. And you can use 0.5, 0.63, whatever increments uh, in your rating as well. But how are you going to rate or recommend The Way Back? Uh, We're doing one out of ten, right? I can't remember. Three. Three. One out of three. Um, I'd give it a, a two or like a 1.7. It is just, I don't know. I'm not good at <laughs> impactful cinematic movies. I just like to watch a movie and feel good and then be done with the movie. <laughs> but I can appreciate all the, all the great, you know, cinematic moments and, you know, actually, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I forgot to talk about this this entire time. Ten minutes into the movie, I am pissed because I am so sick of hearing that piano. The music in this movie was so terrible. It was so (laughs) unbelievably awful. If I wanted to just hear fifth intervals on a piano for an hour and 48 minutes, I would just go sit at my piano and do that. Like, I could not get over the terrible music throughout this whole movie. I am sticking with my 1.7, but just know that if the, if I heard one more sappy, stupid piano chord, I was going to rate a zero. <laughs> well, Rob Simonson did the music, so I hope he's not listening. Sorry, buddy. Hi, Rob. I'm sure you're a great musician. So, wow. Um, I completely hated that review, um, and that's how I feel. All right. So now I'm giving that a zero. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to give your review zero reels, baby. All right. So, no, um, this is my kind of movie because I when I watch a movie, I want to be emotionally affected. This movie, after I watched it the first time, I went to bed depressed, depressed, because I was like, people can't get that sad. Well, you know, call me crazy, but I like going to bed happy. This movie is so good. (laughs) I like when a movie takes a toll on me because that's when it's a good movie you know like moves you when you are mentally exhausted after watching a movie that is when you've watched either a really good movie or a really bad movie so i'm going to give this a 2.6 because there are things that could have been done better but this is uh, this is just my kind of movie just like the help uh like we talked about earlier i like to be sad now help obviously had a happier ending um but I just like this movie a lot, um, and I would really recommend to watch this um, on a really stable day. Stable. I like that. Yeah. Um, I did do a double feature of this film and The Strangers, and I definitely left Strangers a little little uh, <laughs> more depressed than this one. You know? So but that's a good thing, I would say, you know, instead of like uh, a redemption story versus a murder film. But anyway, um, so yeah, if I was going to rate this thing, I'm going to rate it yeah. like this. Here's how I'm going to do it, okay? All right. This film is not a sports film as much as I thought it would be. Am I sad about that? No. This film as a drama is like a 2.96. But as a sports film, yeah, it's probably like a 1.3, something like that. Because 
you're not looking at it for the sports aspect, which I, like I said, was a little, little different than I thought. I thought we'd be getting a lot more sports, but I'm not sad about it. Overall, I'm going to give this I film. Do <laughs> I do declare that this film will get a 2.3 overall because it's a great film. It's, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Ben Affleck was great. Um, you're not going to hear me complain about him. Uh, I've, I've, I've told this to Braden. I've told this to almost everybody that I know who ever asked me this one question. And I know this question doesn't get asked a lot. If you had amnesia right now, what is the movie that you would want to see? My answer is always Gone Girl because of Ben fucking Affleck and Rosamund Pike. She did a great job. I have a note in my wallet, and if you shit me not, I would show you right now. I have a note in my wallet that says, if I get amnesia, take me to see Gone Girl. Because that is one of the only movies I want to experience for the first time ever again. And it's because it's been fucking Affleck. No way. I do. I definitely have that on my wallet. Also, that was, you know, the locations were all in Cape Girardeau. So, I mean, I get to go to these locations. Like, I've been to the bar that Ben Affleck sat at. Oh, so fucking awesome, dude. Anyway. Never mind. Anyway. Uh, the way back, right. We're doing that. So, yeah. I would give this uh, film a 2.3. Um... Man, this makes me want to watch Gone Girl, though. Anyway, um, I'm really glad that we were able to watch this film. I want to thank Brayden for introducing me to this film. Uh, you you picked a good one. Thank you. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we are going to go ahead and sign off. But before we do... I want you guys to do me a favor. I want you to get on your phones right now. Go on Spotify. Go on YouTube. Go on Apple Podcasts. Go on Podbean. Uh, anywhere that there are podcasts, and I want you to look up Knuckle Deep. Um, if you need to spell it, you might, you know, you, you should probably not have spelled Knuckle by now. Um, but there's a silent to, 12 in the beginning. Yeah. You need to uh, do that thing and get on their podcast. Subscribe. Right. Leave them a review. Let them know how much they suck you or will. how much you like them. Yeah. And go from there. Because I know that you guys are always wanting a comedy podcast. I do. I love their, their podcast. It's always a great listen for me. Um, <laughs> I tell them all the time, I can't listen to it while I'm trying to go to bed because I just won't fall asleep. I'm just laughing too much. It's just so fucking funny. Um, but, yeah, so check out Knuckle Deep. Uh, I hold these guys in high regards. I mean, obviously, Braden is family, so I'm a little biased, but I, I have a lot of love and respect for August. He's one of the men who got to see Green Day with me, so that's also, you know, pretty cool. Uh, but other than that, you guys don't care about any of that. Please go like them. Please follow them. And then do the same for our, for, for, for our show, Amanda and I's show, The Real Zodiac here. Leave us a comment. Leave us, uh, leave us a review. We want to know how well we're doing. Um, and if you want to email us, it's at therealzodiac at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, get updates and everything. Join our Real Zodiac group on Facebook. Again, the Real Zodiac group on Facebook. You can talk to Amanda and I about movies, what you want to see, what you want to hear, movies that you have seen and you want us to kind of look at them or rate them or whatever. Uh, we we love our community. We love our group. Uh, we have a lot of fun with our guest hosts. They're all on there. Um, so please check that out as well. I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. But before I do, I want to say thank you to Braden. I want to say thank you to August. Thank you guys so much for being on tonight. Hey, it was an absolute pleasure. I'm glad we got to uh, do this movie. I'm glad you asked for my input because I loved talking about it. Uh, but it's always a pleasure. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> Man of many words. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. This has been The Real Zodiac talking about the way back for our second sports film. We will be back to talk about two more sports films. Um, I'm going to keep those a surprise for you later. But until then, keep it real. See you guys. See yeah. ya.